Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Two one up that half time. Lose the game three two. That's all. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham, except no sandwich. Hello dear listeners, welcome to the number one court of the Old Bailey for today's post-mortem on Bristol beating Mill by three goals to two. Joining me is our lead coroner, Mr Michael Avery. How are you Michael? Happy New Year listeners, uh, thanks for having me back on Nick. Good to have you mate, good to have you in the court. And also joining us is the Lord High Executioner himself, Mr. Harold Warren. How are you doing, Rich? Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> you stand in front of us charged with throwing away a 2-1 lead at half-time. How do you I, bleed? I have to confess, dear listeners, um, a, a repeat offender sits in the chair of this podcast. At Peterborough, boys, I, I think I said to Mike Hayden at the half-time break, um, we shouldn't lose from here, Mike, should we? And lo and behold, what happened? We lost from there. And today, I confess my sins to you all. I wrote at half time that I hesitate to say it, but the lines are set fair and shouldn't be losing this one from here. And lo and behold, what happens twice over? We give up winning positions at half time. Mike, can I start with you, mate? I mean, that was as 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 a second half performance um that was very very poor i think i'm trying to i'm trying to be we're recording this listeners in the immediate aftermath of the game so i'm trying to pick my words carefully not go overboard with it but that was one of the poorer performances in the second half of the season given the circumstance how did you see it mate yeah i think considering how the first half went where i think bristol city had some moments in the first half um where they had like little purple patches, if you can say that. But I don't think they ever really, apart from the goal, obviously, I don't think they ever really troubled us. And we we were clearly the better team in the first half, I thought. Um, yes, we scored two goals. And apart from that, there might not have been that much more evidence to show it for actual clear-cut chances. But I did think the way we passed the ball, moved the ball quite nicely in the first half. I think leading up to our goal, there was a, there was a movement. We had about 10, 15 passes linked up. But that second half, considering how good the first half was, was absolutely appalling, wasn't it? And... Um, I just think it just fell apart. I really, really did. Um, I was just, as I just said, appalling. I was thinking, is that too strong a word? But no, I don't think it was. Um, for a team who's two one up to to completely fold the way we did, um, I don't think was was really acceptable. Um, and I don't know about you guys as well, but there was a lot of times that we were going down very softly, looking for fouls, wasn't there? And I know it was a little bit both ways, but there was a lot of times we were losing the ball 
And as we went to play a pass or misplace a pass, we'd sort of go down. And as we're halfway down, looking for the ref to try and get us out of trouble because we know we'd be under the cosh again. And that that's not normally how we play. And that's not normally how teams play when they're 2-1 up at half-time in the driving seat. Harry, let me let me put to you um, a pre-match tweet by Jake Sanders. Shout out to Jake. Um, just as a kind of a, a plea for the defence of Gary Rowett. Um, Mill forced to play for a second time in five days with just 13 outfield players, two teenagers, um, one of which is 15-year-old. That's, that's Zach Lovelace, of course, and, and um, Nana Boteng, I think, was the other boy on, on the bench. Um, and only able to name six substitutes. Absolutely no fuss made. Premier League clubs take notes, says Jake. But that point is, to some extent, do you accept it's relevant in that poor second-half performance that, we, you know, COVID has COVID has decimated the squad that's available to Gary Rowett. Are you buying that? Are you buying that? Yeah, yes, 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 to an extent, but then it doesn't mitigate. I'm talking really legal now, listeners, isn't I? It doesn't mitigate the poor choices and the appalling performance that we saw from um, a certain number of players. I mean, I'll name you. I thought George Evans was an absolute shambles. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was. He was extremely poor. We'll come back to him in a little bit, but um, it's, it's a truth we're lacking our best players. I mean, I'm meaning Jed Wallace at the end of yeah, the day. I mean, of he's course, not fit, Jed's, no, but I, my point is that you can only name six subs. You're telling me every single player at the club from under 18 level upwards, there's not one player. You're telling me you're telling me that's yeah. true because if that is true, that makes a mockery of COVID, and you kind of need to come out and say that. That kind I, of needs I don't know to be what, I don't know what Ben's situation is at the moment. I mean, you know, right, if we are down to the bare bones, is, is he affected by COVID? I don't, we don't know. Are um, three points more important than, than playing Bob Varson or having Bob Varson on the bench or Ben Thompson on the bench to fill, uh, to fill yeah, a yeah. position on the bench, right? Well, they're, they're are three questions. points, and yeah, are the yeah. three points worth more? Or are the relationships behind the scenes strained to a point where Ben Thompson... John Daddy Bavarsson and Conor Mahoney will never play for this club again, which I think is the case, right? So if, if we're at that level, then then that's it. That's And that's his making. It's his making because he picks the squad. He's decided who's in the group, who's out of the group, who's included, who isn't included. So, you know, you reap what you sow. At the end of the day, we were, we were all right at 2-1. I, I mm. thought we'd done... You know, the other night... Oh, we done very well at half-time. The, the other night at commentary, we kept it tight, we nicked it. This was a lot more open, a lot more of an open game. But Ojo had his best game in the Millwall shirt. Didn't do amazing things. I thought, I thought Ojo really, was impressive today. I thought he did well. really, yeah. really, really, really simple things well. Like, when he picked the ball up, he drove at players, made them make decisions on whether to bring him down or not, won us possession, got us up the pitch, played in the phobie for the penalty... Done really well. Had another chance in the second half. Looked tired, admittedly, but you change him for George Evans. Yeah, George yeah, Evans. Yeah, and yeah. and again, this links back to the thing I've been saying all season. This is his squad. He signed George Evans rather than signing another. You know, I saw a name mentioned from someone on Twitter. Then Barry Bannon from Sheffield um, Sheffield mm. Wednesday or other players that teams have picked up. You know, this is all wages and resource. And you can't have, you can't slag the previous management off for Babarson, Thompson uh, and, and Mahoney and so on without slagging this, this manager off for his decisions in recruitment. And it all comes back to squad management. And I don't think we've managed a squad well, which Aaron touched upon in the pods that he's been on. 
and it all reaps itself in the second half when you have down to the bare bones, is that he's a defensive manager who can't defend. I, the stat from the Sky bloke, we've won three games away from home all season. One of them was at Coventry. Yeah. I'm not... City only won three games at home all season. They are not a good side, you know? And it just shows we are so mediocre, so middle of the road, and that's all we will ever be under this manager, I'm afraid. I mean, on the back of a of a good performance, Mike, up at um, up at Coventry. I mean, I think it was a, that was a good performance. I mean, you know, yeah, we can you defend and then you nick a goal and you win. That's that's the classic away performance. So so that that left everyone, I think, feeling on and up. And at the end of that first half, I mean, I was it was an open game, but and I genuinely thought we shouldn't lose it from there. Um, but lo and behold, we did. Now that was possibly because we're running out of steam a little bit. Um, as, as a certain number of players. I, I didn't think Ojo was the player to take out of the game today. And I don't understand some of these decisions. Uh, we don't know also, um, we're not privy to the behind the scenes, we don't know what Bodvarsson and uh, Ben Thompson, and I think Mahoney was is injured, so he may not be available. But let's go back to Ben and to and to uh, John Daddy, as much as we might laugh at John Daddy. I mean, you, you'd be on the bench, wouldn't he? I mean, I, I don't understand... Unless they're COVID positive, I don't understand why they're not involved in today's game. A trip to Bristol City, tough game. Yeah, and and especially when you've got the likes of John Daddy, um, and and Mahoney Moore, they'll they'll be on substantially more wages. So you, you you've literally got a you've got a player there that even from a financial point of view, you're paying a lot of money to sit there if if he's all right and not not got COVID or anything like that, just to sit indoors. Um, I remember Kenny Jackett always used to do it, didn't he? When he, he I remember a time he loaned out Lenny Pidgeley. Mm. Um, I think it was to Dover or something like that, but then recalled him because it's like, well, I'm not going to pay your wages to you be somewhere else. Um, I, I'm, I'm more in your camp, Nick, where I think that COVID, I think, and sort of injuries have, have ravaged the side a lot more. And and although we was poor today, you, you think before the game, this was, this was pretty much the same side that went up to Coventry and everyone was saying, what a great, job that team did so yeah in, in, in Rowett's defense if you've got a team that's down to its bare bones already but has proved it's done well and until until it needs fix until it um you know needs fixing don't don't break it don't change it didn't change it that's the point they were they were fine at two until he touched it he, t- he touched it and broke it that, that mm. was the point. They were seeing the game out at two one, not brilliantly, but they were still winning the game. No, I, 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 I don't, I don't think we were seeing the game out well, Harry. Even at two one, I think the start of the second half, Bristol City were were, were, were the better side. Unless, they picked it up after half time, Michael. He made, yeah. he made two changes at half time, Pearson. Their manager makes two changes. They affect the game positively for them. Yeah. Our manager makes one change and brings it, fucks it up. That that's the difference. And I, I don't like what we do what we what we decide to do as a as a football club for the last probably two or three years we're very reactive in the sense that we try to set ourselves up to react to the opposition we don't go and enforce our will upon the game we don't go and that's not just in this game because obviously we are depleted with covid or whatever but it is a running trait that we react to opposition we we don't we never go Mill, I, I don't know what our fucking style of play is. I couldn't tell you what a Mill style of play is because we don't have one. What, what our style of play is, let's see what the opposition do and we'll try and cope with that and maybe nick a goal. That is, that is our style of play, right? There is no style of play from, you know, one week to the next. When we put the ball in for Bradshaw, this is another point. 
How fucking good is it to have a striker that if you put a ball in the box, around the six-yard box, he scores and he's always there? You know, that's kind of an important thing. So maybe play to that, give him the service and he scores. How long did I hear this season, Bradshaw's shit? Bradshaw's shit. He's not shit. His goal-scoring record at other clubs has been decent. So play to him. We start playing to him and we he scores. That's it. He nearly scored with an header that was... A ridiculous half chance that he nearly got in at the end of the half. He's in a yeah. form of life, the poor man, and he's living on scraps. scraps. It's, it's run through the goals. I mean, I, I, I actually, um, I think you said, Michael, um, that Bristol had some good. I, th- I thought we closed Bristol out very well in the first half. I'm just looking at my own notes, and I've got one chance for them on 20. Other than that, not much, to be really honest, in that first half, at least. Um, sloppy, sloppy opening goal, boys. I mean, obviously that was being we were being pressed high all game, and they forced a, an opportunity which um, was actually put away quite nicely. That was a shot from distance, wasn't it? You can talk about Mill sloppiness there, but um, to some extent, these things do happen in games of football, don't they? I mean, mistakes are made early in the game when when players are cold. It was an avoidable error; shouldn't have been made, but one nil down. I thought we did well to to start making a comeback from there. Um, and as you say, Harry, a beautiful cross. I mean, that was a, that was a beautiful cross from Murray Wallace for mm. an equalising goal and brilliantly put away by Tom Bradshaw from close there. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the goal, their goal, early doors, is, again, I don't think, you know, it's not a first chart. It's not the first choice back three. It's not no. the first, you know, very much not the first choice back three, um, let alone when you've got, Alex Pierce and Hutchinson, who I don't think necessarily play very well together. Um, I think you've got two contradicting leadership voices there, shall we say? Yeah. Um, because I think Hutchinson's used to leading the line, and I think Pierce wants to drop, and Hutchinson wants to push, and that's sort of what happened there from my memory. Um, and then Bart's just spooned one out. I mean, let's be honest, Bart can have one because the amount of stuff that he does right. For well, us in, in this game, he saved a couple of shots on goal exactly, later. Exactly. You know, so. There we are. So you can't really be too harsh. Yeah, we shouldn't be 1-0 down, but we are. But the way they responded from that point was very positive, very good. And Murray Wallace hangs across that. I mean, it was such a good cross because it hangs. That's like, that's if you're going to try and say, where do I want to put a cross from that position? So the keeper can't cut. It's like in cricket, they call it your corridor of uncertainty, don't they? It's yeah. like the, goal, the goalkeeper can't come for that because if he comes to that, he, he, he's judged underneath the ball and, and so on. And Bradshaw does what Bradshaw's been doing, and, and he puts it away. He puts it away with a plum in front of yeah. goal. I think with, uh, with with Bradshaw as well, chaps. I don't know about you, but with that goal, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure about with the camera angle with with Bristol City's uh, red button coverage. But straight away he looked over at the linesman, hasn't he? When he when he scored to see if he was offside, and then there was I think there was a couple of times in the second half where. Obviously, the way the camera follows the ball, he looked like he was offside. But the fact there was no line, I, I think a, a mention is as we talk about his work off the ball and his actual work rate, and he chases balls down. And sometimes that was a criticism as to why he might not be in the right position. But I think there's got to be a mention today of how well he read that line and led that line today, Bradshaw, because there was a lot of times where a few years back, if you had if you had a system referees who weren't up to the level, they'd quite easily put a flag up to sort of get himself out of trouble, but. I, th- I think he was superb, like leading the line today, and, and knowing when to time he's run well. Just, I, think- I mean, just to hold on Tom Bradshaw for a sec, Harry. Just to, before we move along, I'm, I'm really, I mean, obviously you can't do anything but admire five goals. I think in five appearances, 
And I will remember when he first signed, it was under Neil Harris, he first signed, and it was kind of like the Lee Gregory was moving back up north and Tom Bradshaw was the obvious replacement. Um, Morrow was coming towards the end of his time, but, you know, that uh, that was going to be the new source of our goal scoring. Um, and it's taken a while, and it's been a bit of a story for Tom Bradshaw to get to this point, but I... But I mean, Harry, I can start to see now the the the, the player that Neil signed back then, because, as you say rightly, give him the right service, he would do the business in front of goal, and that's you know that's a very rare quality at Millwall. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people forget that he got a serious career-threatening injury when he yeah, came and joined yeah. us. Um, so that takes it out of anyone. I think he's taken a long time. We've had a change of management that might not necessarily suit the way that he plays, and. That's that's clear because he's coming to his own. He comes into his own when we're putting crosses into the box, something that we don't do very often under Gary Rowett. And uh, you know, we I don't I, I don't know what to make of this run of form. Like it's so good and it's so out of nowhere. But like it's literally you think everything at the moment is movement so good. Like touching on what Michael was saying, there was a chance. I think it's still at two one. And he literally is looking up. George Evans had just come on. So I, 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 I noted okay. down another misplaced George Evans pass. <laughs> I've noted George that a few times pass. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> imagine, imagine my shock. Right? And uh, all, all Evans had to do, there, there seems to be a confusion around our, our midfielders. That it's not just George Evans, but a phobie and Bradshaw want you to put the ball in the channel. They want yeah. you to put that ball in behind. They want to go and do the work. They want to go and chase that ball because they'll get you position. They don't want it to feet. They're not necessarily gifted with close touch control. Like Bradshaw's, uh, you know, sometimes the ball hits his foot and it goes fucking four yards in front of him. That's not his game. His game is put it in the box. I'll get there and I'll get it goalwards. And then whatever happens, you know, I've got half a shot. A phobie's the one that is sort of the more skillful of the two, but again, not massively blessed with no. great sort of technical ability in the terms of his touch. But today they both work their bollocks off and literally it must be so soul destroying for them two strikers to literally run your bollocks off in two games now. Well, Bradshaw's played definitely all two. And um, mm. I know a phobie finished the other one, but you know, that I feel, I feel sorry for him because he is, he's doing his job. His job is being done. The offensive side now is being done, but we're still leaky as a sieve at the back. Well, yeah, I mean, the midfield is an issue, isn't it? Midfield is an issue. Because, I, I mean, just before we move on from that point, Mike, I saw Bradshaw a couple of times pointing, and I think he was digging players out in midfield because he wanted the ball, as Harry's just said, played to suit him and his game. And I think Afobi was doing the same. I get they're both senior players. They're both of a certain age and stature, so they can start to demand what they want. Um, but it's great but to like see that. that. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, great to see yeah. it. Um, yeah. Sorry, Mike, I was just going to say No, something. I was just going to say, you were saying about a, a Phobie's game. You know, we, we've been, and, and Bradshaw's, we've been saying that about a Phobie all, all season. It's a little bit like a broken record like from, from the fan base as a whole. That's how he likes to play, but just, just to compliment him as well. I mean, I, I, I remember a time in the second half where someone's done the usual, absolutely punted the ball up to a Phobie. He's leapt in the air, brought it down with his chest, controlled it and then laid it off. And you think for a player that's that's not his natural game, to be asking him to do that kind of thing, again, I think, I think that deserves a mention. I, I think that both players, as you say, Harry, had a great game today, both up front. And, and, and it is that thing, you go away from home, score two, both your strikers score and you 
walk away with absolutely nothing um, yeah. because of your civil like defending, as you say. But when we do move on, I, I think <laughs> I think we do need to. You said about the first goal being sloppy, Nick. But I think the third goal was equally as sloppy. There was a few chances to get rid of that, weren't there? Yeah, there were. Yeah, I mean, we'll come back to the sound. I just want to before we leave the first half behind, listeners. I'm, I'm trying to desperately focus on the positive here for you. Um, Danny Mac was good. That's a positive. Danny Mac. Yeah, I, I, Matt, Danny Mac was good. Um, I thought Shayojo played one of his better games. And what I would love, if he's listening, I don't know if he listens to the show. Almost certainly not. I think we're very much banned around the club. I think that's <laughs> certainly oh, yeah. Mr. GR will not want to hear this one. The, the, problem is, the problem is, Harry, the amount of clubs he's been loaned to, he's got all of them in his podcasts. Uh, yeah, so yes, so he'll yeah, yeah. he, he listen to this on like, Thursday or Friday. I can't, I can't, I can't believe in this... In this travelogue, this travelogue of previous clubs that Shay's been to, in amongst all the wealth of football experience and knowledge that he must have touched on, he's come from Liverpool. Let's 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 not forget that. Someone somewhere along the line will maybe have said what I'm going to say, Jim. Is that's, I, I want to see him show, start to get a little bit arrogant, a little bit selfish on the ball, start to do stuff, start to try stuff, show a bit of confidence. That ball from Ojo to find a phobie that won the penalty was a beautiful ball. I mean, you said right. You got it right, Harry. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Ojo's best ever performance. It wasn't earth shattering, but you got a little hint of what a good player he could be if only he started to um, really be confident in his own skills and show it. And B, maybe he's got he's got to say a bit of a fuck you to the world. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and hopefully it works. If it doesn't, well, he's no worse off than he is right now. You get loaned to Millwall when it doesn't work out. Where is there really for you to fucking go? I don't know. From Liverpool? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to go down to League 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 One. Yeah. I'll ask that question. He does have a touch touch of the threads about him, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, there is a touch. You understand what I mean? Like, it's a bit like, you're a bit like, oh, you're a bit like, wait, but, there is a player in there, but can I get that player out? There is a touch of that. And I mean, is it a point in his career? I mean, like, as as with Fred Michael, really, I mean, Fred reached the same stage where if you're not going to show it now, I mean, maybe I, I, I saw Luton play the other week and he looked all right, Fred. But, you know, you always had this sense he could be a lot better than what he's displaying. And I think Ojo's out of that 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 kind of same um, same stable, really. Um so as as we've said, I mean half time two one, and I wrote the fateful words down. We shouldn't be losing this from here, but lo and behold, we do because as you said, Harry um, Nigel Pearson, who's an immensely experienced manager at a high level, made a couple of changes and they, they came out firing all cylinders, didn't they? And and we really were on the back foot for the for the, well for certainly the early stages of of the half. Um. But we're still leading up until up until you know the equaliser on seventy two. We were still we were still leading, but it was you know and ends ends a stage right, George Evans. And um, you know I don't like to particularly coat him, but you have got to say what you see. And I thought he was very 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 poor today. I don't know if he's suffering with COVID. He's been well. Fucking, uh, I, I was going to say something that was irretrievable, so I won't say that. Um, but he has been shit in two the two last games he doesn't work in the midfield with uh, Mitchell at all no, they don't no. work at all together um the game at peterborough he played the midfield three of Savile, Mitchell and Evans and it didn't work right he played them again in the 20 minutes we conceded two goals and threw away a 2-1 lead right now i know needs must but george evans isn't an actual center defensive midfielder Billy Mitchell, I don't think he is. I think he plays there for us, but I don't think he's naturally like a sitting and holding player because he likes kind of turning and having time on the ball to play a pass. He can do it, 
But I don't think it's his natural game. He's, he's a little Jill- bit free roll, Mitchell, isn't he? He's, he's not your mm. attacker. In the not free roll in the sense you can do the Jed Wallace and just go, just do anything. You, you'd want him in that midfield, but he's, he's like be a little ball terrier, isn't he? Just go around nip angles and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does all the link play really well. He does the simple things really well. Keeps your possession. Yeah. I can totally understand. A sort of more mobile Ryan Woods. I totally get it. Right, that's fine. Which is what I, my criticism of Ryan Woods was that he was fucking useless. Right, at least Mitchell, you know, can put a challenge in every now and then. My criticism was he was useless. Right, that's it. Fair <laughs> enough. Right, and Seville, Se- Seville is supposedly a more advanced midfielder in the sense that he is supposedly an attacking link man. Now, you can ask questions about what the fuck he was doing when he went forward later on and looked like he fucking... I think he had the easiest pass in the world to slot it in at... I think it was 2-2 at the mm-hmm. time. And he squared <laughs> it and it didn't put enough on it. Um, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that that midfield three is dysfunctional. And he chose to make that decision, to make that dysfunctional. Now, the other night, he brought Malone on for uh, Ojo. Yeah. Um, now I don't know whether again we don't know how fit Malone is. We don't know how fit a lot of these players are. But that decision, you know, managers are judged on these decisions, and that decision won us the game in the sense that we didn't lose from where we were. Today he's made the decision, and we've lost from where we are. So you yeah. have to criticism when he gets it wrong. They well, don't. You, re- take the, think- you take the plaudits and you get the brickbats when it comes your way. And I'm, I'm I mean, I. The, the substitution of Ojo, um, I can see why players, why managers substitute Shea Ojo because he's that kind of substitutable player, isn't he? You know, he's, he's the kind of um, the, the, the kind of a wayward affair is creative, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I mean, Evans was poor. Listen, I mean, we've said it, we said it before. Savile, I mean, post game, I was looking online, he's getting slaughtered online um, for for another performance, a poor performance. Um, Evans beaten to the punch for the equaliser. I mean, that, that that was that was a decent crossing from the left. But if you don't make those challenges inside the six-yard box, chaps, you're going to get concede goals, and that's that's how you find yourself not achieving top six status because you're giving away goals like that. And I thought you got to put that on on George Evans's account. What, what, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's to say it, again. It sounds like we're we're sort of going around in circles, but he's it, still. You still don't know what your best midfield is. You say about Evans there. Savile, I wouldn't say Savile was unbelievably poor today, but I thought he was very drifted in and drifted out of the game. And um, there were mm. times when I think the only time I knew he was there was like when I said to you guys, um, sort of like in our little chat, when I that the, the commentator who clearly just wanted to feel airtime decided to give us a breakdown of every move that George Savile had in his career. Yeah, uh, you want to, you want to play a tenor for I follow boys? You get much better commentary on there. Ah, uh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, and right, and right, HD yeah. quality images as well. That's the yeah, other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Not HD quality If I didn't spend so much on Christmas presents, I would have done the tenner. Um, no, but yeah, several, several. Oh dear. Again, he's he's just he's just not. You, you don't. Ryan Leonard is our best player, is he? Ryan Leonard is our best midfielder, and we've been playing him at right back all year. That is that that is the. That's yeah, the damning I mean, slate of this, right? And I mean, that's, he's, that's, he's got his feet up at the moment, though, chap. Uh, he's so, injured, isn't he? So, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, you've got to take but, that away from him. But I thought you've got Kifton, like, again, squad wise, Kifton Bell, Thompson, Evans, Mitchell, fucking Savile, right? There's five centre midfielders there. There's five that I've just named up to something. I haven't even thought of anyone else. I don't even think I named Leonard. So that's six. You can't have this many centre midfielders 
and then moan at me in the same fucking breath that you've got no squad depth. It's your no. fucking job, mate. You it's can't, your job. <laughs> you can't, you, you, also, you can't have that many midfields. I, I, I take the point, listeners, that COVID has, 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 uh, has affected our squad at the moment. But I mean, we've not looked brilliant in midfield all season. You can't have that many um, midfielders and look so wishy-washy. And you know, I mean, it's, it's a repeat point that's being made that we win well at Coventry, and we did do, we did very well up there. Left a, a, a real kind of sense of um, maybe now the the, the, the railway train is finally fo- uh, rolling, and now within a couple of yards, it's come off the tracks again. You know, how many I times has that happened? The thing is, as well, with with, with midf- if you've got that many midfielders, or, or... A in other any position really, you would think that you would just in a way to keep everyone happy, pack out that position, wouldn't you? In the sense that if if you've got like you say there, Harry, five, six cent midfielders, you would play a regular three five two or a four four two. Or if you had like four centre forward, you'd play like a, a four two one three or or something where you are very top heavy. But like you say, for for a side who's got on paper so many gifted and talented midfielders, which on on paper they are, you can't deny that. To be so poor and so inconsistent and not know what they do, and 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 like we said, the second goal, the equaliser that actually brought Bristol City back in the game, come from a midfield error. I thought that was a yeah, very poor he, goal to concede, Michael. Yeah. I mean, they were yeah. talking about the on I follow the boys was, were talking about what a, what a good cross and what a well finished move it was, and yes, it it was. But I'm still looking at George Evans. <laughs> I've gone over him as a personal hmm. hate figure tonight, listeners on that. <laughs> Who's let the man beat him inside the six yard box? And that, you know, give any player a chance inside six, he's going to have a, have a strong chance of scoring. Um, moments later, I thought Alex Pierce really dodged the bullet. There was a he was beaten for pace. Was was it um, Semenya? Was it was that the player yeah. that was just doing? Hmm. Doing damage down the middle for for Bristol. Just a lump forward, wasn't it? Just like a hump clearance. And, and he got beat for pace, Harry. But then he handled it. He grabbed hold of it. I thought, well, you're going to have to go for that, you know. But they, they, that's somehow the, that, the, ref the referee was it, poor. Yeah, yeah he was I mean, poor. he bottled the red card for them because it was last man, so it should have gone in the yeah. first half for the pen. But I mean, talk about dodge a bullet. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's it. That, that, but that's it. The, the referee was poor for both sides. We got away with one by Pierce not being sent off. They got away with one with their guy not being sent off for the pen in the first half. But, again, Alex Pierce is not first choice. And Alex Pierce, in my opinion, although he did have a very good a, a, did have a very good game, a solid game, away at commentary, a team that haven't scored in God knows when looking at their fans' forums and so on, and they're moaning about their manager, considering the fact they were second earlier on in the season or something like that. So they're on a bad run of form. He played very well. But then this is what I don't like about Alex Pierce is that he's not consistent. And to he, do it consistently at the championship level, he can no longer do that. That is he not him. He's a professional footballer and that's his downfall. Yeah, he does think he's a professional <laughs> he, he, Alex Pierce, I thought in, in midweek up at Coventry, um, he led well. Um, because I think you have to be you have to well, you, you go by what you see, listeners. And I thought he led us very well on on Wednesday night. And today there was no leadership at all when we needed it most, when things were starting to go a bit square on us in that second half. There was no on-field person. So I don't know what happened between Wednesday and what's today, Sunday? The, the endless, the endless new Christmas year. period. New, it's the new, new year. year. That's right. New year. So I don't know where he went. Um, but anyway, there we are. Then there was the, there was the, the penalty shout that we should have had on 83. It's all shabble bursting into the box and 
a looked pretty clear penalty from um, yeah, from watching that. the eye follow, but we didn't get it. And then um, didn't he feed um, a phobie and he put it? He wide did feel the phobie, but he had already been fouled. He sort of fed a phobie as a last sort of parting gesture as the ball's rolling away from him. And I think maybe from behind the goal, why he's getting slated is I wonder if people couldn't see the how bad that challenge was. He didn't try and play that pass. That's what he. He got forced into. into. Yeah, yeah. It was a bad challenge. It should have been a pen, but... I've picked out a few tweets after the game to, to, to slate George Savile. I won't, I won't go to town on them, but... Um, you find the George Evans ones? Uh, 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 George Evans and and, um, and and some George Savile ones as well. And then, obviously, ping pong. I've written down ping pong for the goal, 3-2. And this is where it was bouncing around their own penalty area and then slammed home by the uh, the Bristol striker. There was a hat-trick. Was it Wyman? Wyman, yeah. Wyman. And um, with that Vyman, all jokes aside, you you don't let a player of that quality like have shots like that or or have a second, third. Well, you shouldn't do. No, no. Not not without conceding goals, mate. No. Their top their top goal scorer all season. He had nine before the game. He's got twelve now. So we've what basically added a quarter of his goal tally in one afternoon. Mm. My but my villain, my villain. masterclass <laughs> from our defensive minded manager. I'm going to come on to man of the match. My villain of the piece was George Evans, but um, others might have selected a saddle. But my man of the match, I, I, I was torn between Tom Bradshaw and Murray Wallace because I thought Murray put in a pretty good performance today for the cross and the general kind of Murray Wallace um, performance. Who would you go for, Michael? Who's your man of the match today, mate? Um, I'd, I'd probably say Murray Wallace. He's he's just he's just solid and he he doesn't let you down. And um, and even when it all seems to be going a bit wrong, he's the only the only one who seems to be doing it right. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you, you go for? Yeah, probably Murray Wallace. Murray Wallace strikes me as the kind of man who would be like, they'd do a biopic if he was in the war. Very like stolic, <laughs> stolic looking out to sea, sort of naval captain. Murray Wallace <laughs> leading in troops to battle. Kind in of which we does. serve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when you can keep your head while all of those around you are losing their type thing. He's, um, yeah, but he's, he's very, you know, he's us. Like, he's, he, fits the club perfectly and and you know if, if Bradshaw keeps scoring almost certainly he'll win player of the year but a big yeah. shout out to Murray Wallace of, of just it'll be a deserving deserving if he was like an under 10s kid footballer he'd be given the sort of trophy for like the most improved that you've got to give him a trophy for something because someone yeah, else club, is better clubman than of the year it'd be the best football yeah. house score I can tell yeah, you that yeah, much yeah, yeah. Three in the first half as well he, he sort of he makes mad sort of. He's running. He's fucking unbelievable. No, like, no, he's, he's a, a fit guy. He's a very, very like, fit guy. He, he just. He, there was a chance in the first half, so the guy tried to knock it round him, and Murray Wallace went, "Yeah, all right, you can knock it round me, but I'm going to fucking run past you for this ball." <laughs> and he actually went the wrong side of him, like he was going round the twenty-five, and fucking come and got it. And I was like, just. But that's what he gives you. He gives you all that effort, and if everyone put in half the effort that Murray Wallace puts in, we're fucking. Be a lot higher up in the table sometimes because <laughs> it just that's what I expect off everyone, you know what I mean? Not everyone, can absolutely, absolutely. That should be the bare minimum. Oh, I'll tell you what, as well, though, you, you just saying that, Harry, about that, like, sort of early one you were saying about sort of mediocre mid table football. Do you, with that, I know we're only in January and we've got a cup to look forward to and all that, but what do you reckon? You reckon that's the season over now, looking, do you reckon? Are you looking forward to the cup? That's a serious question. Are you looking forward to next week? Yeah, it's a day out. It's the cup, and I always look forward yeah. to the cup. I'm... That is that is exactly it. It will be a day out for Crystal Palace and their arts and crafts department. They will turn up. Yeah. Their arts and crafts department will be very happy. They'll make some kind of banner. 
Our EV are there. There'll be some kind of incident. And we'll be talking about... We won't even remember this result this time next week. We'll be talking about some kind of incident. We'll be, no we'll doubt will happen. Guilty in the court of the nation next week, won't we? We'll do oh, something. Absolutely. But no, but, we'll in, some, yeah. but all, all seriousness, is that... Do you, do you think this is it now? Because... When like I'm stupidly I'm one of these people whenever we're winning, I'll quickly go on the Sky app because they live update the table, don't they? And I was like, Oh, yeah. we're only six points off the top six, but Yeah, I don't is this see the, the season consistency. over already. Yeah, season's I, over. I, I don't see the consistency consistency because today was a great test for us. I, I, I take the point of we've said it a few times, I won't, won't more of it, but the COVID did affect the squad today because it, you know we didn't have a full squad available to us, but even so, we had the opportunity today to press on and start to show the kind of consistency that you need to get into the top six. And unfortunately, I just we haven't seen it all season. I will come back to that point in a second. I think our, I think our, we're consistently inconsistent. That is a consistent thing. And and not just that, like if we take the COVID injuries out of it, if you actually look at the injuries that we've now got, that takes us away because they're not little injuries. Bennett's always injured, but he's injured again. Leonard's out. He's injured. Mahoney's injured, so it'd be another one to cover you. You know, uh, Ballard. He's, 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 he's persona non grata, though, isn't he? I don't yeah, know. What he's, 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 Ballard, he's, Ballard's a big miss. So I've named three players out of your 11. Jed's injured, so that's five. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. you're sitting there and you've got five big injuries. Four of them are players that play regularly. And and we mentioned Leonard already. I mean, you know, that's a big loss. It's a big loss because today needed the kind of drive that we've not seen from the midfield. For whatever reason, this midfield don't drive forward in the way that we need i'm going to read a few uh i've got a message actually do send me um direct messages on twitter listeners don't send me horrible ones but do send me intelligent ones um this one's from lp and it is an intelligent one um lp says rower is an absolute fool i'm sat here after the third goal thinking how many times will he try to defend a one goal lead and take off attacking players for more defensive ones ojo was our outlet to relieve pressure it's insanity to do. Oh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Um, I understand I understand some players' performances and decisions can't be Rowett's fault, but he can pick and make subs before we are losing a frustrating game. What's been an up and down season? That's that's an, I like that message. Thank you, yeah. LP, for that. Um, and on a similar note, I've got um, one. I've picked this off of Twitter. James Dorney, son of legendary defender Alan Dorney from the 70s, my era. He says, I'm not Ojo's biggest fan, Harry, but taking him off today changed the course of that game and our attacking intent. So he's criticising by default there, Gary Rowett, and his and his decision-making in that situation. This is, and this is a repeat thing, isn't it? This does this does crop up hell of a lot. This is substitutions. Like, absolutely, but this is the thing. This was the stick that in the latter days of the prodigal son, that was the, that was the stick to beat Harris with was to say that we always go negative when we make subs and we try and cling on. It's the same thing repeating itself. When managers start to fear the crowd in terms of, if they don't think their approval rating tends to be good at Millwall, they tend to start I think, he knows, I think he knows his own approval rating after the, after the Peterborough game. I think he would have heard that. I don't know what, what was said today. I, do, I, wasn't, I, gen- wasn't I generally think, and I mean this, I generally think of Birmingham sat Bowyer or somebody else, another job comes on. I think he'll go, and I do because I think it saves his bacon. And I like, I think he's quite an arrogant man. I've said this before. I generally believe that he believes his own height, um, and I think that he believes he's better than us. And he will leave. And the only way he leaves this job with any kind of credibility in the bank, I think, is to leave without 
sort of he can't get sacked for one. That's that's a massive thing for him. I don't think we're sacked. We're not sacked. Well, I don't. Him, I don't think we're going to sack him. But at the end of the season, he will be happily. He will leave quite happily in the thing and put a sort of public press persona out like he wanted to go, regardless whether he's offered a new deal or not. Um, mm. I, I just get that it will be just a parting of the ways. The problem is, is who do you get in charge of a team with six centre midfielders? No strikers, because Bradshaw still hasn't signed that contract. Um, <laughs> your best player's about to leave, depending on whether or not you believe that Tyler Bury's been brought back solely to replace Jeb Wallace. Um, yeah, we're a bit in crap. And Matt Smith and, um, and Pierce are going to play for Millwall's over 35s Vets team. <laughs> yeah, probably. We, we Honestly, we're like... Millwall is, is, as a club to support... Is loads of mediocrity followed by moments of crisis. Oh, welcome to my life, mate. This, right, this, yeah, this, yeah. Is my, this is my 50th year, Harry. Well, we're about, to, we're about I'll just get up here. Sometimes you never see, you don't see the doom inbound, if I, right? If I'd, committed, if I'd have committed murder, I'd have been out in 10. I've done 50 years, mate, you know? Yeah. 50 years of this, <clears> fucking hell. No wonder you had a heart attack. <laughs> Let's take a short break and I'm going to bounce the boys with my own personal list of top 10s, if you can believe it, listeners, from 2021. We'll be back after these. Messages. Achtung, Milbein. Hello, listeners. Mike Hayden here. Uh, just returned home from Ashton Gate uh, this afternoon in what, in the end, was um, yeah, frustrating and disappointing result for the Lions um, against a poor side. Let's put it that way. Um, quite a lot of chances for sort of both sides. I thought in the uh, in the game, and you know. We should have put the game to bed before half time. Um, I thought we were the better side. You know, obviously a, a a bit of a clangor from Bart occasionally has those moments. That's why he's not a Premier League goalkeeper. But you know, I thought we came back really well. It was a superb um, goal by Bradshaw, an excellent cross from Murray Wallace, and and Bradshaw again gets in behind and have a great finish. Um, and then uh, another, we split them apart again, clear penalty uh, and slotted home very nicely by a phobe. And then it was us, up to us to really see the game out. And what was disappointing was that we didn't do it. Uh, and it cost us in the end. Um, you know, Hutchinson missed a, a great header um, just before the f- uh, first half whistle. Um, and I think that obviously... Would have put us three one up and, and looking more comfortable. Second half, uh, um, Bristol City um, changed their shape, brought on two players, and the game opened up massively. Um, it was very end to end, and again, you know, the ball it just didn't seem to fall for us um, at times. It, it just we just needed that little bit of luck, um, and, and the unfortunate thing is, it, it, you know, it just fell to Bristol City, um, and you know, Vaiman got a hat trick and we lost the game, but. We definitely didn't deserve to lose. I think I thought we played okay. I think we probably shut up shop a little bit early, taking off Ojo. I thought Ojo was quite quiet in the first half, but I thought he played well in the second. Um, he was causing them problems, winning free kicks and direct running. Um, but you know, the minute he took uh, Ojo off, and Evans came on, who was really poor, um, barely passed to a blue shirt. Um, that did cost us. I thought, you know, I think Rowett tried to see the game out, but. The way Bristol City were putting pressure on us, um, it was going to be hard to do that. We we had to score again in that game, uh, and because we didn't, we we went on to lose, which was disappointing. I think we've also got to think of it in a way where 
you know, it's it's it was tough for that side. Um, obviously, we've had the COVID issues, um, a, a really hard fought win at Coventry, and then pretty much the same side again, um, having to put out, um, you know, today. Um, I can't fault the effort of the players. I thought there was good performances in there. Um, I think George Savile arguably put his best performance in this season today. Uh, I thought he was he was superb. You know, and we uh, had some quite good performances in the team, but ultimately individual errors um, cost us um, in, in the end and, and probably a poor substitution from Gary Rower. We've not followed up a win again. Uh, and this is why, unfortunately, we're just... We're just not quite good enough to get in that top six. Uh, um, and it's it's happened again. And we should have won today, I think. Certainly not lose. But yeah, very disappointing in the end. Um, but on, on to the next one. Uh, and I hope we've got some more players available for Crystal Palace. Come on, you lines. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Achtung, Mailball. Okay, welcome back. Now then, chaps, I have struggled and squeezed the, the, the sponge as hard as I can to find some moments and general concepts from 2021 that are designed to raise the spirits a little bit. Um, so forgive me if I, if, I, if I go off on tangents. Um, and as I've got you in front of me, and I, you can't go yet until I finish this, so um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to frost these upon you. Um, so I'm, this is my I tried to do a top ten list, listeners. Actually, it became quite hard to do a top ten because there haven't been that many great moments. So it's, that's that's a sad truth. But my first moment of note um, was back at the end of that strange behind closed doors season, um, February actually. Um, that was Mill Four, Sheffield Wednesday One, behind closed doors. And the reason that I picked out that 4-1 win at, the, at home at the Den was it then sparked three successive wins in an eight-game unbeaten streak. Um, and yes, OK, I've written there were indeed five draws in that period. Um, so it, this is the level of highlights that I've been able to, to find from the season. So that's my that's my number one. And I think, you know, last season particularly, we it, it, 
he's a streak manager, Gary Rowett. I mean, you, we had that little bit of and a little bit of decent form to follow. Would be my second moment, but then you have these long periods of draws and losses and kind of going nowhere, kind of drifty sense. And that's been so for a long time. And it really, really stood out as I tried to come up with a top ten for twenty twenty one. I'm ignoring the end of twenty twenty. Um, so three successive wins after after that four one win. The other thing I noticed. I don't know if you boys, I bet I, I bet you can't even remember that game, that 4-1 win. Yeah, I can. You can, weren't you? Uh, that was I, I, Michael's that, shaking that, his head. That I, was I, the, uh, Malone scored the Gascoigne-esque goal, didn't he? Was it yeah, in that I think it was nil-nil at half-time and won 4-1. Or I'll one have at the, let's have a look at the Mill history. Um, I, 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 might, I might be right. I might be wrong, but I, I think it's that game. Was that one where he flicked over his head and then... Yeah. yeah. I remember the goal. If it was any kind of pro listeners, I've had that lined up as Harry said that, but I'm not any kind of pro. Um, he can do filler. Um, filler, yeah. Zohor, Zohor penalty. This is this is the level we're at. It was a, a Zohor penalty in th- on 30. We were one nil down actually. Um, past us, and then Zohor's equalized on 39. Then we've got must be the goal you're meaning, Harry. Um, 68 minutes, uh, Scott Malone. Um, then a player straight after. I don't know if you remember a bloke called Ben Thompson. He he he, he scored on sixty nine. Right, yeah. yeah, I remember him. He remember him? Right, didn't he? It's a decent player. Um, Millwall boy, I think. And then Bradshaw, um, that man again on on ninety yeah. minutes to to make Bradshaw it scoring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we are. That was that was that was the first of my top ten moments and general concepts that I'm going to pick out for the general year. General concepts. Why does it sound like you're trying to set... You sound like you're like a middle management window salesman trying to sort was, of talk me through this Zoom call. I was going to do this... Um, was it, yeah, New Year's Eve, I was going to do it. I had, uh, nothing going on in the afternoon, but I might sit down and do this. I just didn't have the energy. I couldn't be asked, listeners, to be quite honest with you. I thought, what I'll do is I'll wait till after the game and whoever I've got on the show, Harry and Michael, I'm going to pin this on them and get them to say nice things about it afterwards. So my second moment is um, March. Again, we're coming towards the end of 2021. A 1-0 win over Middlesbrough. Um, again, that sparked a three-game winning run that took us towards ninth. The the other thing with the, the Wednesday game, just going back to that, is it took us away from, I think we were quite low in the table when we, we beat um, Sheffield Wednesday. I think we were looking at, well, 13th. We, we've been looking over our shoulders. 16th, we went down to at one point, and even 17th towards the end of 2020. So Brilliant. that 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 run took us away from the thoughts of relegation that were starting to nag everyone's, um, you know, on uh, on I everyone's shoulders. Many people buying this compilation DVD, Nicky. No, no, no. That's what yeah. I call Millwall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that's what I call Gary Rowett. <laughs> that's what I call Rowett. So the, <laughs> the second in the hit parade is is a, a one 0 win over Middlesbrough. That that sparked a three game winning run that took us to ninth. So we could start to dream, chaps. Um, it was Middlesbrough one 0 then Rotherham one 0 and a win at Stoke for two one. These these are all in um, turn of March to April. Um, and we were ninth, and we, I don't know about you, but you start to look up at the sixth spot in the table, and that's always a moment where you know what's going to come after that, and that was slamming defeat on slamming defeat after that. Um, so we got beat then by a Swansea Brent, uh, draw with Brentford, 4-1 lost by Bournemouth at home, uh, loss at Watford, we beat Bristol, and then that awful, that shambles, that awful game that I still, still haunts me slightly. I, the six one on, uh, away at Coventry, and it's a game that I've never, I don't know, it, it, it kind of lurks in my mind. Was that the end of your sort of 
not support for Gary Rowett, but was that the start? Was that the um? Was that your Waterloo, shall we say? Waterloo. It was. It was one of those moments where you. I don't know. I've never seen a ghost, but until you see one, you you don't believe in them. Now I started to think. Hang on, this bloke really doesn't know what he's doing really and I, I, I try and put that thought out of my mind every so often but it was one of those moments that um that haunts me to this day um because it was such a poor limp performance at the end of the season it did actually have some promise at that point so that I was my sec- second moment that won the win over Middlesbrough to spark that that situation I think, I, I think it was the defeat after those three games that I decided I was done for the season and didn't watch us again no, because uh, this was all on on iFollows on, on, yeah, on computer screen. Um, I think I made the I think I made the conscious decision that it was depressing me further during lockdown, and I thought I'd fucking stop watching it. And it was a it was a sane decision. I mean, eight yeah. months on, we're in exact eight nine months on, we're in exactly the same position. Um, well, this is this is it. I mean, this is the thing here, Michael. Because I mean, these. These these descriptions and these moments are horribly familiar because we're still in it, really, aren't we? It's like it's like the pandemic, you know. It's like you can go back to the start of it; and it still feels much the same as it is now. It's it's yeah. it's part of your life, and this this dreariness is part of our life. Well, we um, well, we we laughed we laughed about it earlier when you said about the sort of run of like was it eight eight um, games where we didn't lose, but yeah. five were draws. Five were draws already. <laughs> Already, it was. I mean, up until up until recently, like the Peterborough game and, and today's game, there was a stat. I think it was only something like Bournemouth, Fulham, and West Brom had lost less games than Millwall. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's brilliant. That's really, really good. And then it's like, but we drew like 17, and it's like, well, we 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 were going back down that road of not winning games again. So it's like you say, it's just that familiar feeling. It's never ending, never ending. So that's that was my second moment. I've picked out some statistics for the the third moment, if you like, because I think in amongst this whole dreary, endless hint of promise, have it taken away from you. Today's we're, we're talking in the immediate aftermath of just such a um, a thing where we've won on Covent at Coventry and we've got beat today at Bristol. So you're forever having something dangled in front of you and taken away. But in amongst that, we've got some really stalwart players, boys. And I, I, this is end of 2021 season um, for the season. Jed Wallace, 44 appearances, 11 goals and 8 assists. In one of the toughest seasons, really, given that it was spectator-free. Uh, 11 goals and 8 assists from 44 appearances for Jed. 49 appearances for Bart. And I just put a note, I don't know how many goals and points he's saved. Um, you know, we saw it again today. Make, when he makes an error, it really stands out. Um, and then the the, 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 the two son, uh, Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchinson. 46 for Jake appearances, 43 for Sean Hutchinson. Couple of goals between them and a few assists. Um, Jed Wallace, Bart Bielkowski, Jake Cooper, Sean Hutchinson. Those are names that in 20 years' time, I think people will remember as um, rocks, as players that have really um, served Mill Football Club. Whatever, you know, we, we don't know what Jed's going to do. He's entitled to make a uh, look after himself and his family when he moves on. But um, I, th- I don't think anyone can ever query any of those players' commitment. To Millwall, and it just struck me trying in in the midst of a difficult season, they stand out. So there we are. Um, I do have a highlight, and I wasn't there for it, and that's the QPR one, the goal um, to open up the season at Mill at Circuit. You were there, Harry, weren't you? I was there. Manic, manic by the sounds of it. So was Mike. Down, you yeah. were in the rubber, weren't you, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was down. I was down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Good, good day. That, 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 do you know what? If, if you was going to ask us what ours were, that generally was going to be the number one because 
it was everyone back. I know, I know we're still living in this pandemic and I know still people are getting unwell when we wish them well and all that. But yeah. that was the first, that, that was the first one that you never thought you'd see because of the way the world was going. So that, yeah. that's my personal highlight. Yeah, it was the, it was just the, it was the day out being back. That, that noise, that, that wall of noise was almost, almost biblical um, to be in that away end. But even before the game, even before the game had kicked off, it was like, it was like, I, I'm not a religious man. This will not shock many people, but um, it was, I, I can only imagine, you know, when you see these people who turn around and, you know, are on the callway and they've gone to the cult and they, they believe, you know, if someone had been selling sort of Lucky Heather, but dipped in real wine. You would have bought, you'd have bought some. Yeah, that day. I'd, have been in, I'd have been in for it because it was, hand would have gone in pocket. For oh, that. It, was like the, it was like a bit in Blues <clears> Brothers where you know James Brown, the, the beam of light like, comes uh, in. Yeah yeah, 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 that's what it was. We have a Harry, Harry Warren doing backflips outside Westfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that. Two and a half thousand Millwall in a crowd of 16,157. And I mean, I missed it. I'm sorry, away that week, but there we are. But that's probably. Um, the highlight, I suppose, if you like. Um, I've picked out the 2-1 win at Sheffield United in October, 19th of October. Sheffield won, Millwall 2, a 90-plus-2 winner by Jake Cooper. I've still got that picture on my Twitter feed because I just thought it was just one of those wonderful, wonderful away wins that we do get from time to time. We had one in the week and we had one there. And that also marked probably the, the, the return of Tom Bradshaw to the fold. Did he score that night? I think he must have done. Yeah, he did. Um, so that was that was the return of, 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 of Tom Bradshaw, and he's and thankfully he you know his, his scoring run continues. Um, I've put in there the three-one win that we achieved over over Birmingham City, and one of my highlights, personal highlights, is seeing Lee Bowyer's long face on the big screen at the Den. That, that that's a Millwall moment, you know. It's um, a very droopy. From sort of Looney, what well, is it? Not Looney Tunes, but Hanna Barbera character, doesn't he? <laughs> like that hanged on dog look. Who was there? There was, there was a character, was it? Was it, was it not, not, wasn't um, Sloopy? Not, Droopy. Droopy. Not, yeah. Snoopy. I was thinking, I couldn't get Snoopy out of my head. Droopy. Yeah, he, he does look like Droopy. He does. He just stands there, sort of. I'm really fucking miserable. I, I should have included Stoke City and um, the chaos, the Mill Thrived chaos. in the chaos, yeah. That, so that was on the 26th of October. Mill chaos. Booed off at half time, cheered off at full time, and then three one win over over Birmingham City. Another old school Lions performance. So two games there, boys, where you can actually call them old fashioned Millwall home games, where we've we've turned over bigger and more better results to opponents, I suppose. Um, I, I really like that win up at um, Coventry. It was a bit of a backs to the wall against all odds quality in, in midweek. That's another one of my moments. And, of course, the debut of uh, Zach Lovelace. Let's hope he does develop on and um, builds a career at the den. Um, my, my final two concepts. <laughs> um, I really liked, I want to take my hat off to the to Millwall for um, that the the, the the rolling over of the season ticket money from the the, the dead season the the, co- the the behind closed doors I'm I'm able to pay for another season ticket this year ready to go with that but the fact they rolled forward that credit Michael um, was one of those warm moments where you think fuck me yeah we've got a club here this is a proper and it's a hackneyed phrase the Millwall family but I but there are moments that happen where you think yeah that's that's true that's real and. The financial support that uh, that John Berrelson gives us, I know that we're running a, a, um, a level of debt that isn't 
great, but um, it's much, much better. From today's opponents, Bristol City, I think 30, 40 million behind. And that rollover just really took me aback. I think it was one of the big moments of the year in some ways. For And it's not immediately... It's not an immediately exciting thing, but it, it, in in the, in the long term, it just builds a real kind of um, goodwill. Yeah, I'll take, yeah, take exactly. my house to the club. Exactly, because you you could have had. Let's, let's be brutally honest with you. They, you you could have had the club who I'm not saying because I know they sort of mentioned doing it the year before or wherever it was or, or credits some um, or credits here and there, but you could have had some some um, clubs who would have said, "Oh, we'll do it." But mm. then pull on the heartstrings a bit and go, oh, we said we would do it. However, we know we can't afford to. So dig deep and put your hand in your pocket again. But so the fact that the club knew how much it would hit them financially if they did it, but they still went ahead and did it. I think, like you say, so it's, it's, it's a lovely, t- it is a lovely touch. And and like we've said before, when you've got some, te- some teams like pre-new owners, Newcastle, who, who Mike Ashley didn't listen to their fans, um, Ipswich Town, Harry, like close to where not too far from where you are. They've, they've never really gone too well with their supporters clubs and everything like that, have they? They don't feel they're listened to. So, so, for, so to practically give 90% of the fan base free tickets for an entire season again, yeah, really good touch from you all. I mean, free in a set, they've been paid for, but it's rolled over. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I could tell you, I was going to, um, they've got the summertime coming up. So I thought, oh, I might, I might try and get to the cricket a bit more this year, you know, go up to Essex. And I went on their website to can buy a membership. And I was a member in 2020, and that most of that season didn't happen. And I didn't bother last year. But they were giving discounts, listeners, but only if you'd been a member for 2020 and you'd renewed for the dead season of 2021. They give you an early bird discount. And I just thought, fuck you. You know, yeah, it, was, exactly. it, was, it point, was a yeah. dead season, you know, and it, mm. it, it's, it was such a contrast. I haven't, I haven't renewed it. I won't now. If I go, I'll just buy a ticket on the day. Because I thought it was just such a petty move by a club that should be building, a cricket club that should be building links with its fans and spectators. And it just gets it wrong. And I thought we all just got that 100% right. Do you, do you agree yeah. with that? Is that, is that? is that a fair assessment? I think so. I think everyone's got to do what they think is right for their own business. I get that. I think knowing cricket people, shall we say. Mm. I think they're probably the kind of people, and I may be generally stereotyping here, but fuck it, it's Millwall, so let's do that. Mm. Um, they're probably middle class, and they probably don't miss the money, Nick, whereas... No, let's no, honest, no. Let's, let's be honest, um, Millwall is in one of... Well, basically, he's in the two, two of the most deprived areas of London. It's fan base are working class, yeah, and the working fan base would have turned around and sold them up their bollocks. Uh, and, you know, the most important uh, player, shall we say, to have on side at Millwall is the Millwall fans. And they've done right by the Millwall fans because, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, the synergy when we are all pulling in the same direction, singing from the same in-book, is is what makes our club special and what makes the den a, a, our place to go and so on and so forth. Mm. So that, they've done the right thing, you know, but that's, you know, I'd expect them to do the right thing, but I've been wrong about people doing the right thing before. So... You've got to applaud people for doing the right thing, as weird as that sounds, because some people don't do the right thing. No. Well, hats off hats off to Millwall. Um, I'm not particularly slagging Essex County Cricket Club. I'm only talking about the difference between 40 quid and, you know, I don't know. Just, sometimes pre- pe- petty, petty things make a big difference, I think. It's the in, principle in, of, the, yeah. of, the, of the thing. I, I totally understand where you come from. You sound like a woman taking a blouse back to Primark or something like that. <laughs> 
literally seen go in the cell. That's what it sounds like. Just, just <laughs> I think I'm going to call it my list of, of top moments. I did. I've got Tom uh, top scorer Tom Bradshaw now six goals and one assist. But it don't, on the back of today's performance, I think I'm going to call it quits at the club, rolling over the money. Um, big thank you to to Harry and to Michael for joining me so soon in the aftermath. Can we can we preview the can we preview the Palace? Oh, the Palace game. Yeah, we weren't going. Yeah, no, go go for it, mate. Yeah. Um, what, what do we think? Everyone's going to happen. What do we think is going to happen? Um, I think there's going to be live TV coverage. There's going to be the most almighty boo when they take the knee. That's going to cause shockwaves around football. Um, I think probably someone somewhere, there'll be lots of apologies for bad language. I hope you're not enjoying the, the football. And some, be, as you said, you're right, Harry, they'll, they'll come up with some banner. Um, they'll have a banner produced that's going to say something stupid. And um, football-wise, I don't know. I mean, they're a decent team, Crystal Palace. I don't like to say that. It hurts. But um, they, they're a decent yeah, they're a decent team. Um, if if we can field our strongest side, and if the Den will be on on board, but in in all of its glory, um, <laughs> for, for better and for worse, you know. Um, hopefully, we still got a football club by the time Saturday at five o'clock comes around. What do you think, Mike? Just um, I'm just thinking about Patrick Vieira sat there in the away dugout <laughs> with Lurch next to him, thinking I never had this at Highbury or the San Siro, did I? No, didn't. What do you think is going to happen, Larry? Wait, how do you I, see it, mate? I think we're going to get fucking battered. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> do. I think we're going to get murdered. Um, I think we'll get beat about 4-1. I, I'm, I'd be very happy if we don't, by the way. Mm. Um, but they were dog shit against West Ham. I watched them last night and I was trying to... Because they've not got Gallagher or Sahara. They're two, two best players by far. And um, I, just, I just was watching. I was like, oh, seeing all the good things that West Ham done that affected them. I was like, we ain't got, play- we, you know, we don't run at teams like that. We don't do that. We don't do that. So it's going to be, you know, it will, but you know, the difference is, is I'd expect us normally to go four four two, batten down the hatches and, and play like. Go, go right. Millwall. Yeah. Go yeah, yeah. Millwall. Yeah. But I don't think Gary Rowett's. That, that kind of player. Uh, manager, yeah, is he? No, that kind no. of guy that would read the, he's not very good at reading the room, shall we say. If you read the room <laughs> and gave them what they want, like this is an occasion to go, Fuck it, give them what they want, right? That is it, right? <laughs> but he won't do that, and 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 we could be three or four nil down at fucking half time, and you know, all it takes is for look. Let's not get it wrong. It, um, let's give, give give us some Millwall chaos, Gary. That's all we're asking, yeah, and right, let's give that, give it a go. Um, the thing is, is we've got Clive. I've always wanted Clive Tilsley to commentate on Millwall. I've always wanted that voice to go over <laughs> Millwall, and all I can hear in my background is he going, "It's very disappointing." <laughs> That's all I can hear. <laughs> That's all I can hear. And I, um, I'm very worried about that. But look, it is what it is. It's Palace. I've always wanted us to get a big draw. My, like Obviously, being from the other side of the water, my my hated team is, is West Ham United Football Club, followed by Palace. I, uh, I don't think you're alone there, Harry. I don't think you're alone, mate. So, well, no, some people hate Palace more, weirdly. And I, 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 I don't know. like Crystal Palace. But that's, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, I, I get the, uh, I get the historical rivalry with, with West Ham. Yeah, Pal- uh, Palace are in my top three as well. I'm quite looking forward to this one. They're just, uh, yeah, they're just a, an annoying club. You still haven't said whether or not you think we're going to get battered or not. Oh, uh, I, I think, I think 
one nil Millwall, Alex Pierce header, eighty ninth minute. It depends, I think, how much Crystal Palace wants it because they, they, I think they do like all, all Premier League clubs now. They they disdain the FA Cup ever so slightly, so they they may um they may not put one hundred percent in. It will be a hostile atmosphere. They won't be as used to that as they they like to think they've got the the Holmesdale fanatics, whatever they call themselves. Um, but I, th- I think Millwall is a different level of sustained abuse. <laughs> I, think, I think they're very much, they're sort of they're very blitzkrieg. We're sort of more the som. I was yeah, attritional attritional bombardment bombardment, and they're sort of like rolling banners out and pyro and. Uh, oh man. It's going to be a clash, clash of cultures. Let's put it that clash way. Clash of cultures is a good word. I think that I think that could be Sunday's headline. Clash of cultures in the, in the sun. Clash of culture. There we are. I've shut down my iPad, boys. Thank you for taking time out. I really appreciate it. We did speak straight after the game, so it's quite hard to give two considered analysis. But we thought we've done quite a good job today. So big thank you to Michael Avery. Thank you, mate. No problem at all. And to the man himself, Harry. Thank you, mate. No worries, mate. Thank you. And to you too, dear listeners, welcome to 2022. Let's hope we've still got Millwall FC surviving into next Sunday. <laughs> Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci, Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? <laughs> 365 day returns.